And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Friday, the 28th of October. Just uh, mm. leading into a nice little long weekend for us here in Melbourne and joined back again, old Keen Balls. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm back, boys. It's, uh, it's a frosty old day here in Melbourne, isn't it? But uh, speaking of frosty, there's been some frosty uh, responses throughout the week from a few league members. Uh, Hod, have you copped any any messages this week? I'm always copying messages. And don't be alarmed by when Ben calls you old, Keeney, because remember when he was calling Daniel Jones old at the ripe old age of 23? Mm. So don't Won't be take it personally. I don't mind this time slot, boys, because uh, we've got the Thursday night football game, obviously, which gives us a little bit of intel mm. already into this week's games, but... Not a bad time slot here. Does uh, it helps if you watch any of it because I am yet to see a second of the game, so we might just be getting a little <laughs> recap through our main man Keeney here. Um, I think yeah, let's let's just jump into a little bit of it. Twenty-seven to twenty-two, the way of the Ravens taking down the Bucks. Uh, what's what are some talking points from this game, mate? Uh, I think the main talking points are a few injuries. For the Ravens, Mark Andrews hurt his shoulder again early. Bateman with his foot. Uh, both of those players were out. And also just the Bucks in general. They just look sloppy. A lot of penalties. Brady's cracking the shits. They're three and five. The division's wide open. Um, and they had a few injuries tonight as well. So um, it's good. As you said, offline, Hyde, uh, it could be just one of those years for the Bucks this year. Yeah, well, we did talk about it preseason. They got those offensive line injuries and it just started real early for them with the injury train but Benny's gone the head-to-head here Lamar versus Brady now Brady was we'll call it a big acquisition in the offseason it was part of that Kelsey trade but how are you feeling about old balls there uh he, he doesn't look like who we're used to seeing and yeah. a little bit angry because we know he's got a little bit going on in the off field he's you know, and solo these days. I feel like he maybe has taken the same diet approach as Papa because he's looking a bit gaunt mm. these days. I feel like the guy's on about a $40 a week budget. What's the areola diet? I was going to say. <laughs> I was actually going to say. Large. Similar to uh, to Papa in the fact that he doesn't eat, but I'm not sure what his areola looks like <laughs> compared to the great man. He is an angry man at the moment. It's uh, I don't think many things are going right for Brady in his world. But uh, no, I, I picked him up as part of the Kelsey trade. Obviously, Kelsey was the biggest part of that trade. There was a little bit of keepings off was part of the thinking with Brady being packaged because... He was gettable for anyone who needed help at QB, and he served his first purpose for me, and that's Mahomes on by, and he scored a 17, so I didn't have to worry about what um, Trevor might put up this week because he's a bit still of a mixed bag in terms of scoring. Yeah, if we look at the week's matchups, it's not a whole lot um, that's out of the realm. Obviously, Bateman disappointing for you, Keeney, but Godwin delivered okay. Evans did the same for Timos. Mark Andrews is the... Uh, disappointing one for Manny uh, in a tight little tussle with Thais there if we look at the projections. So, um, yeah, pretty normal week of scoring. Oh, just, I'm noticing a bit of Dunavay. He's just stepped up a little bit in the absence, absence of uh, Bateman and obviously likely got those Mark Andrews touches. I did notice Dunavay because I'm playing him in another league. So, sort of a rushing Someone started tutty. him, do they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That is rough. Jeez. You wouldn't guess who it is. It's got to be DFF, doesn't it? Oh, I'm not far off him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep, fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. All right, a bit to get bit to get to in the news, I should say, and that is that uh, the NFL trades, they're coming in thick and fast. We did allude to a couple potential last week, and uh, sure enough, uh, one that basically happened straight after the pod, and, you know, Hod and I were pretty happy to drop a, a live trade on Ukini mid-sentence, and uh, I, I listened back to that in hindsight, Hod, and you said, I wish we could have... I think your final words on the pod was, I wish I could have held off a bit longer just to make Keeney sweat. Well, if you held off that trade any longer, it might not have gone down the way that it did because we saw CMC uh, going to the 49ers for a boatload of picks. It was a 23-second, third, fourth, and a 24-fifth um, just for the one player and obviously just instantly took any value away from old Hefe. Well, yes and no because Raheem... Scored a lovely 19, which would have got me awfully close to the grass. Wasn't his best week. He was sweating for a reason. Would have got you more than close, I reckon. Um, It's a, yeah, clearly a a lot of teams are doing this, aren't they? Going chips in, running backs, obviously not a priority position, a bit of a luxury item for the Niners, but um, we can see their intentions there. Just a philosophical question for both of you, and just it's maybe what we're all about listening. on this pod, isn't it? Just well, philosophical questions. Sort of what I bring to the table, but I think if you're listening at home, you can just just tune in and and answer this yourself as well. But if you two both had this trade worked out, worked out, agree, agree. But let's make Keeney sweat for three days. CMC gets traded. Mm. Are you doing the trade still? Are you a man of your word? So I'll jump in first. Interestingly. This was on the table for a week. So Ben left it in the app for a whole week. I forgot about it because I was MIA. And then I looked at it like three days after last week's games and I thought I could just accept this. But I did ask him, are you still happy? I I personally wouldn't accept um, the trades without going back to the person. So to answer your question, I think we would have gone over it again. Yeah, I think it's a dick move for people to do that stuff. And I've heard, obviously, there's stories that are bobbed up about the Brees Hall sort of stuff. People had trades sitting there and people have accepted it yeah, uh, in on. the aftermath. I, you, you clearly don't have notifications turned on because I actually did pull the trade right before the game started and then put the trade back up after they ended. Ah, there you go. Just in case uh, old Mostert, who loves to get injured, got injured. <laughs> it was my biggest fear. Are there Are there a few in our league that would... Pull the trigger and just do it anyway. Hundred percent. Who, who do you reckon? I'm not going to name names, but I feel <laughs> like I feel like there would be some people that would uh, just not be able to fight the temptation, and they would just their trigger fingers might get the best of them. Well, slippery digits. Slippery digits. I, I don't think you two have had to renege on anything, but that is the perfect situation where you would mm. step in. I think. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. That's that's. Uh, yeah, not a very ethical way to approach trades, I think, and it's probably just not a good way to be building the uh, the league up. And I feel like we have built it to a pretty good point, and it's got a bit of uh, traction and momentum. We don't want to lose that. So uh, let's continue with, with a player that we've spoken about a fair bit on this pod, and that's James Robinson. And uh, just as we started to pump this guy's tyres up about you know how good a pickup it was for a second, 
with Camo. Uh, he basically fell off the face of the earth and they've just gone all in on Travis Etienne. Etienne? Etienne? I never know how to fucking pronounce that name. Um, and he's been given a lifeline here because he pretty much was non-existent against the Giants. Uh, I watched that game. Um, yeah. He got maybe one carry. I don't even think it was that much. Nah, didn't nah, touch zero the ball. carries. Yeah, there you go. So he was non-existent, and then gets traded to the Jets for a six-round pick after Brees Hall went down. So very, uh, yeah, no, not a very good injury there, which we'll touch on in a sec. But yeah, they've clearly. Uh, I think it tells you what the extent of his injury is. Well. James Robinson obviously affects yourself, Ben. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you see Carter and him working together. And also, I'm sure Camo's keen to hear it because Robinson's obviously on his squad and he, he got him in to contribute this year. Uh, yeah, I think that um, I think the stat I heard was about Carter about yards after contact is not great. So I think they do see him as a very much a receiving running back. He can get carries and he's shown that, but... I reckon they've probably looked at it and thought that he's not going to last the season potentially if they make him an every down back. Can I just add on that? Do you know who is last in yards yeah, after contact? James Robinson. Correct. Is so, it really? Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> I, I heard about his Achilles and it's always the issue. They, they lose their explosion and he is one of the worst after contact. Yeah, so that's, that's sort of where I sit with this one. I, I still think Michael Carter's got a lot of value in this, in this Jets offense. I think... There's no guarantee James Robinson, as you said, Hot, he's lost a bit of his burst potentially. And and the Jags, let's be honest, uh, were happy to move him. So yeah. the Jags know more than any other team. So he clearly would have had to do a medical, but I don't know. It's it's an interesting swing from the Jets who are five or six and two, I think, um, or, mm. or five and two. Five um, and two. With a perfectly capable Michael Carter has showed a lot last year. It's a yeah, interesting move. Do you think um do you think that they had plans to move him all along by not giving him a single snap? Uh coincidentally the Jets were probably the most needy team for that position. But you know, I think a few teams and we'll probably get to it with the next trade that went down in the NFL, but yeah, obviously not risking potential injury if they've got a tradable asset that they've already determined they want out the door. Quite potentially, and I think together with the fact that ETN looks so explosive and so quick and, and, and really good, really good in that offense and giving them a bit of a lease, lease, new lease on life. So he's a very different running back to James Robinson, but um, maybe they can find that sort of bruiser somewhere else. But ETN look, at the moment looks to have all the workload. In the interest of hypothetical questions, Ben, would you have still done our trade after the Brees Hall in, injury? Because you obviously get a bump with Michael Carter, mm. with your running back room. Uh, I think he's an RB2 for the rest of the year. So would you have done that still? Um, yeah, mm. I'll leave you with that. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously if that happens, it means that CMC's already gone, so Wilson's value's gone down as well. Uh, I think, mm. yeah, probably still would have been looking to get. I like having most of it on my list. Uh, it just gives me plenty of flex option right now. Obviously, Carter has kind of almost stepped into what I wanted out of Wilson as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have because I think it's, it's as we've spoken about preseason, it's good to have flexibility as we go into these crazy bye weeks, um, you know, and injuries pop up, players' availability is in flux, so it's always good to have op- options to pivot. Mm. And 
having most uh, like most it looks unreal at the moment. He's obviously made of glass and he's always been effective on the field uh, when he's on the field. But he looks dynamic and Chase Edmonds is non-existent anymore. Most it's even catching balls, which Chase Edmonds was there, brought there to do. But going back to your point earlier, the interesting one of uh, whether to play assets that you're potentially trading, there is none bigger than this next guy in McCaffrey. And it's really interesting whether Carolina factored that in um, because the two teams that were most interested in him, Carolina played the two weeks before in San Fran and the Rams. So Carolina basically put him on show and then they came out. So it's worked for them. But imagine he got injured. That's not happening in that trade. Yeah, exactly. When you you said that, Hod, I thought you were talking about our next player on the trade market, which is Kadarius Tony, who's sat out for 90% of his career so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's a hammy or off-field issues or whatever it's been, but... um, He's been almost non-existent after showing some real flashes at, in the games that he did play, Ben. Um, traded to the Chiefs in a great landing spot for Papa, I believe, has got him mm-hmm. um, for a third and sixth round pick. So what are our thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, someone who has played very little for the Giants, but in the few games that he did, I always like the look of him. He's very explosive. He's obviously... Um, Someone who gets a lot of screen passes, and I have a feeling that's probably how the Chiefs will look to use him as well. He's very he's very quick to shake off defenders, so be interesting to see what they get out of him. But yeah, this one's been a weird one all season. Seemingly, um, Dable and all the new coaches just haven't really gelled with him and have been looking to move him almost since day one when fucking Richie... What's his name? Richie James is our number one receiver for most of the season with our number one... Um, wide receiver draft pick with this new regime when Richie James is getting most of the targets over Tony, that's usually alarm bells. Yeah. Well, I'll give you, I'll just correct you there, Ben. Your number one receiver is one. actually Wandale. Uh, and I did make my thoughts known in the group earlier. That is the number one reason Tony is out of there because the little the little Wandale is well, up and running now. I should say prior to Wandale returning from uh, his injury, absolutely. So it, it showed you how good our receivers were where it took him all of one or two weeks to supplant that spot. That's it. And speaking of the receivers, this Chiefs offense, like you you lose Tyreek Hill, they've actually got more explosive, explosive plays this year. And it's now they've just added another sort of gadget player. So you've got Hardman, you've got, well, Juju's not an explosive player, but he still works out of the middle of the field a lot. And in that screen game, you've got Sky Moore, who is not too different to Tony, just probably a little bit stockier. And now, obviously, Tony. It's a very interesting offense that they've got now, but they're still producing, obviously, with Mahomes. So, yeah, this is a point I I think I mentioned uh, when the Tyreek Hill trade went down. And that was a team's going to have to start getting creative with list management. Um, you know, for years, it's sort of, or for the last, you know, probably decade, I'd say it's been, this is the way running backs have gone. It's almost like the rookie contract for a running back is what teams look for. And then they just replace them by drafting a new one, let another team take on, you know, players like CMC and all those top end ones that are still around and relevant. Um, I feel like now that, quarterbacks are dominating and passing is dominating quarterbacks are the spot that they want to shore up it always is Mahomes got paid big bucks they can't afford to balance their team out by having too many highly paid 
stars. So I think that the Chiefs have gone down the path of, all right, let's diversify what we would have been spending on Tyreek Hill and try and get similar skill sets across maybe multiple players. I feel like the Titans did a little bit of that when they couldn't shore up AJ Brown. They shipped him off and then basically drafted what they saw as his replacement, whether they're going to continue to add to that. I mean, it hasn't really worked out well for him at this point. But yeah, I think that we're going to start to see more teams when they'll have to get creative with their salary cap when they're paying, you know, if they've got a franchise QB, they can't, you know, be riding that model of riding the rookie contract for a QB. They've got to start mixing it up a bit. It's a good shout, mate. It's a very good uh, analysis from you. Um, I reckon we just keep this train rolling. Just to, Now, there's no more official trades we wanted to get through, but there were a couple of rumours going around. One of them is that the Bills are looking... Well, we're clearly in the market for CMC. A couple of teams here that were in the market. Um, Bills being one of them. Now, there's rumours flying around that Cam Akers is on their radar, maybe Kareem Hunt. So that's um, a couple of interesting names to keep on the lookout. The other one is Philly, who have already been active um, this week, adding pieces to their defence. But um, also now coming out that Alvin Kamara is a piece that they're looking for, which is very, very interesting. The Saints want their pick back that they gave them, their first-round pick. I was saying to Ben offline, this is like the real-life version of draft day where they want, uh, want his picks back and... David goddamn Putney, just because I feel like it. Um, so there's also rumours coming out that Philly were interested in CMC as well. So this is a team that's undefeated but are pushing and pushing hard and and want to clearly go all in this year and beyond. My big takeaway from this is that the Saints realise that their team's not good enough this year. They thought they'll have one more go. I think, I think this speaks more about J- Jameis Winston than anyone else. I think they want the pick back because they want to replace Winston. Um, he, they, they realize the future's not with him and they need a rebuild starting at QB. It's a great year to rebuild. I think I saw a mock draft this morning that had five or five quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. So I think you're yep. spot on there. And the pick was, it was for Olave, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, it, it, was, was. it was. It was originally it like 17. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was tw- we had 12. We had got 17 off Philly, then use them both to come up and get a larvae or something like that. Um, yeah. So it was one half of the deal. But and we've it's spent probably... a lot of capital to get one player. And now we're looking at it going, shit, team's not good enough. We need some picks. Otherwise, we're in, we're in trouble. Yeah. And obviously, Philly, in the position they're in, clearly have got their quarterback situation sorted. It would seem like from the outside mm-hmm. looking in. So. I mean, it's probably an appealing look for them. Uh, are you in trouble though? You could be leading that division after well, that weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good call, but I think um, it's just as important to know sort of where you're at yeah. more, more than anything, regardless of what your record looks like. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting with Dalton at the moment. They're playing him ahead of Winston, even though Winston's sort of semi healthy. Um, it looks like they've just moved on. Yeah, it's it's given. I mean, the, your coach is given the classic coach speak for everything, but uh, it's looking that way. Let's uh, let's quickly touch on some injuries because we've still got a bit to get through. Big ones. We're still on the news, and it's twenty minutes. Two in. big ones. Uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, this popped up today. Four to six mm. week with a hip injury. Talk about IR. I mean, four to six weeks. It could be short term, long term IR. With those sort of weeks, he's still just listed as doubtful at the moment, but that uh, I'm sure in the coming days could switch over to that IR spot. Um, 
So, yeah, that's a pretty big one for Thais and his team. It is big. Um, there's rumours circling it could be longer than six. There's rumours circling it could be less than four. So who knows where this one's going to land. What I would say is at least he's got Higgins. Higgins gets a bit of a bump here. Yep. Um, not great for, for Burrow, but I think Burrow will be fine. Um, but yeah, Boyd and, and Higgins get the bump there if that's yeah. how it goes down. So and... I suppose if it's any consolation, at least he's got Higgins to get some sort of bump yep. there for losing Chase for a few weeks. Uh, Brees Hall was obviously the biggest one, goes down with an ACL. Uh, after he was looking extremely solid, I think he ripped off about a 70-yard touchdown early in that game, um, or near enough to. And, yeah, it goes down for the season. Obviously, we spoke about James Robinson getting traded in, which is, uh, you know, normally signs that... Has he been officially ruled out with an ACL for the season? Yep. Yeah. Brees Hall? Yeah, and there's an MCL involvement as well. It's... um. It's yeah. You never like to see it. What I what I will say, I saw something about Brees Hall the other day, and that was his value from when the season started to now after he's done his ACL and MCL is actually gone up. That's how good he was going. Yeah. So mm-hmm. regardless of the injury, his dynasty value has gone through the roof. That's a great segue to what my question to you boys was right now, which is, where do you take Brees Hall? in the rookie draft next year. So obviously the quarterbacks are up there, but if we compare him to Bijan Robinson, who's very similar and a five-star prospect like Priest Hall was at the position, where are you taking him in those top picks? Is, well, is he above Robinson because you've seen that seven-game sample size and you know he can do it and you just – ACL is not the worst injury to come back from for these players oh, these so you're days. you're saying if he was a rookie coming off this same ACL injury. Well, just you put him next year, Brees Hall's one year in, put him into that rookie draft. Where do you think he's going? So where I'm going with it is if you someone approached Steph with pick 103, are you taking Brees Hall or are you taking pick 103 and possibly getting Bijan Robinson? Well, I think based off how the rookie draft went a couple of years ago, the fact that there are high prospects of quarterback, uh, they're probably going to chew up the top end of that draft. So what did you say? There were five probably top prospects. I guess it depends on where they get drafted in the NFL. But let's say four get drafted in the first round. Um, I think the first four picks all go to quarterback and then it probably is around five or six because that was similar with Najee Harris. He went seventh. Um, I I Mm. still think those running backs are probably going to be better prospects than maybe he was um but yeah so yeah for mine it depends what your strategy is it almost dictates how you want to build your team um i think i think right now you'd probably have to give Brees hall a slight nod even though he's going to miss a year just because of how explosive and dynamic he looked um so i think you'd have to sort of have hall robinson taylor Barkley, all sort of in that mix. It's a really interesting one for, for Steph, who obviously, well, we think was not going to have an impact this year. Is this a blessing? Does he gain some mileage for Brees Hall in a year that he wasn't going to compete and then gets him back next year when he could be stronger? Well, it's hard to mm. You don't know if it's hard to say that less touches is a blessing because he's dealing with an ACL injury. But, um, mm. Uh, Saquon has shown that you can come back and, and look pretty bloody good after it, but not everyone's the same. You just hope that it doesn't affect his career because he looked unreal in his short amount of games. Uh, this one, Hod, I reckon uh, we'll throw to you, and that is the just the Matt Ryan news. Not an injury, but 
man, he's uh, he's not been good from a interception and fumble stat line, and now he's been demoted for uh, someone who's never played uh, a stat a snap in NFL starting games other than preseason. So, is Ellinger is that his name? Sam Ellinger, the slinger. The slinger. Yeah. Well, thoughts. Um, I will touch on. I'll, I'll stick up for Matt Ryan here. This offensive line is the most paid in the league collectively, and they are dishing out shit, for lack of a better term. So he hasn't been supported like he probably signed on to be. Um, a quarterback of his age, you'd, you'd go somewhere where you think you're going to be protected, and they just didn't do that flat out. Second thing is he he has looked poor. There are reports of have has he lost his arm. Um, the, the really interesting one for me here is there is opinions out there that Sam Allinger did really set the preseason on fire and they the Colts were stuck in a position where they've just got this veteran in who's no doubt a quality leader for the locker room, but they may have thought that Sam Allinger won that job based on how he played, but were stuck to play Matt Ryan and that sort of contributed to now they're just making the decision to move on. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Um, obviously, Matt Ryan, this doesn't leave. Who's the owner? Is it Camo? Yep. Uh, yep. So I, I like I don't see Ryan playing this year, and it's going to be hard for next year now. So he's obviously dropped there. And then hey, old Jake the Snake just had the slinger for a while, actually. Picked him up. Um, I was having a look at it, I think, earlier this year, so well before the season. Because didn't Steph, um, Steph originally had him, I thought? No, nah, he had the other one we drafted, ah. um, the tall guy. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But, yeah, they're making this uh, coach and GM get a lot of credit and now they're in stuck in this situation, which could be the writing on the wall. So... It'll yeah. be interesting to see how he goes. All right. We're going to have to keep powering on here. And we had some trades go down in this league. Uh, first one involving yourself, Keeney. It's just a bunch of pick swaps with Scoot. Um, you seeing yourself pick up a 23 first, a third, two 24 thirds as well. Sorry, a 23 third. And Scoot gets uh, a boatload of seconds out of that. What is it? Five second round picks across 23 and 24. So... Clearly, yep. you've gone with getting the quality first-round pick and then giving quantity of seconds to Scoot. Yeah, um, paid a fair amount, I reckon. Um, but I suppose my theory was that by the end of the year, if you're trying to move, I had Scoot second, so say that's like pick 15 or so. If you're trying to move 15 up into the top six to eight, then I've given up two late seconds to do that and a little bit extra. So... Um, anyway, that was a bit of a pick swap. We'll see how that plays out. The other trade let's talk about is one that went down this morning just yep. before Thursday night football involving playoff Lenny himself. It was Jim going, pushing a few more chips in this year. Um, playoff Lenny coming in with Elijah Moore, a nice young piece. It's not really panning out at the moment, but I think he's got a lot of talent. So I think that's not a bad little acquisition. And a third round pick. And Jake picks up the sun god, Armon Ra St. Brown. And Speaks really of, of Jim's ability not to almost going against the DFF model here where the attachment to a player, he loves the Sun God. It was one of the great picks in the draft two years ago, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I think he got him in the middle of the second round. Yep. To turn him into Leonard Fournette, Elijah Moore and a third round pick is great great stuff. Sure is. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. A um, couple of things on this. Uh, Jim has ended up with a third and not a fourth. I think that's worth noting. Uh, the second thing is <laughs> playoff Lenny. This is an interesting one. Going back to your point earlier on the Chiefs model of running backs versus wide receivers. I think this is a perfect time for Jake to get out on Fournette uh, because we don't know how that Bucks offense is going to look if this is, in fact, Brady's last year. Um, so I think yep. I think he's done very well to um, get off, get Lenny off his books there. Get Lenny um, off. Whee. Get Lenny off. Play off Lenny. Um, so, yeah, I, I yep. really like this trade. This is a really fun trade. It, it helps both teams for the now and then um, – and two competing teams, let's be honest. And and relating it back to last week where Camo's looked at the division and going, you know what, I can still win this. Give me Josh Jacobs who went off, by the way. Boom, boom. What a prediction. Um, here comes Jim going over the top and going, no, hold on, give me a few more assets. I can win this division. So I like how it, uh, the greatest division in sport is shaping up. Very competitive, Hod. I'm glad you said it. Isn't it fantastic? This division just delivers. Now, Jim's going all out now. I bet you Camo's working on something as we're speaking. Sure, would be. and then you've got Steph just sitting there saying, "Don't ever trade." Never so trades. Let's see what happens. Watch everyone go around you, DFF. But I'll just comment on that. Though. Like, Whoa. there is a, a couple that you know. Jim and Camo are obviously vying for that division. Um, it's it's very similar to what's going on with these trades you're talking about above the Bills, Philly. The Niners. These are all the top teams competing and trying to outdo each other. Are you saying the that the NFL is modelling themselves off the EDL? Is that what you're oh, putting out there, Hod? Everybody else does. Let's be honest. Kyle Shanahan. He was listening last week. Oh my goodness. Talking about CMC. Yep, we've got to go get him. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, you did interrupt my buy drop, which I blasted the speakers with, so sorry for everyone's eardrums, and that is uh, two teams on buy this week. Only two, and that is the Chiefs and the Chargers, so plenty of big names on buy with only two teams. But I love this with the NFL because, you know, we get just – they're settling down a bit, two teams this week, and then they're going to smash us with uh, six next week. So good that they've got that balance. I don't understand what the fuck is going on and why – they could balance it out like that, but I'm sure there is some rhyme or reason to it. But let's move on to our uh, mid-season division reviews. Let's divisional, divisional, divisional. Let's get divisional. Let's talk division stuff. Picked an interesting time to have a drink of water there, Hod. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've, I forgot. I've actually not. I've not been getting. I don't get the uh, the sound grabs come through. That's why I've obviously talked over your buy one. Ah. But I actually did get that one, and the water almost went everywhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we get divisional, the water goes everywhere. What can I say? Let's uh, let's start with the Vonte Mac division, shall we? And we're. Uh, we're going to look at this from a reverse standings point of view. So we will uh, we'll just recap here that we've got holding up the bottom of this division is the Pappas Punishers at one and six, which uh, they must be pretty happy with. We'll get to their thoughts in a moment. Third spot is uh, Team Tim eighty four, otherwise known as the Straight Cash Homies, at four and three. The Prestige Worldwide second, also at four and three, just about seventy points ahead there. And uh, sitting at top is one of our co-hosts, Keeney's the Grouse, at six and one. Um, so yeah, probably, 
shaping up the way that I think a lot of us thought this division might go. I'm just mindful of the time as well. We, uh, we've got two-thirds of this, uh, actually all three of us probably on time watch right now, so we're just trying to fly through these divisions, but we've probably spent way too fucking long on the news in hindsight, but uh, that's okay. So, Papa uh, has come out and said, I'm building, bro. This is his thoughts on where his team's at at this point in the year. It's going to be a lot worse before it gets better, but I feel... I have an arsenal of picks and two handy players in Ridley and Williams to come in next year. Other thoughts? Can you boys have a, f- a crack at Hoddick on the pod? Three empty bench spots, plenty of scoring, taxi squad, bullshit. I know. Yep. Cool. We've uh, we discussed this off air. Hod, um, Hod here's, your, here's your chance to talk. If, if anyone doesn't know, Hod's got three empty bench spots. Um, but yeah, here's your, your chance to talk about it. Here's my reply. Look, this is... This is unintentional, but it's happened off the back of our trade with where I gave you two players for nothing in return. Um, and I can say this very loudly right now because by the time everyone hears this, waivers will have gone through. There is some juicy waiver additions coming onto the dingers and just in time against Papa's Punishers. So be careful what you wish for, Papa. This is a game that the Dingers want to win. I only want to win one game for the year, and this is it. And Ben, I believe you want me to win too. Well, we uh, we might touch on that towards the end of the pod. I might be talking by myself, but we'll uh, we'll talk about why that might be. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's move on to to Timos quickly here. I just want to, a couple of quick things. His his roster is really interesting. McCaffrey just got traded. Kamara's in trade talks. Pittman's just got a different sort of QB in the mix. Um, he's just got a few th- um, players sort of up in the air at the moment. Uh, Metcalf, Metcalf injured. Yeah, Metcalf, not sure what's going on there. Chase Claypool's in trade rumours. He's just got a lot of variants and a lot of um, different players on his team sort of we're not sure where they're going to end up and, and what their future looks like. So he's hanging around. He continues to win. Um, <laughs> he's very, very good at winning. So... I expect him to be there. He's currently not in the playoffs. If we if we stop the season right now, he'd be the seven seventh position. But he's knocking on the door. I reckon he's twenty points off Jake, um, who would be the sixth seed. So right in the mix to have three in this division. It's an interesting spot to be when you're sort of in that second tier of teams, and then you add in a lot of variants. This could go either way for Timos. It could end really quickly, or it could propel him into that top tier. Absolutely, and the other. The other McMahon to touch on here is Thais. And clearly the, the biggest talking point is I reckon everything's sort of gone the way he would have liked. He's four and three. He's in a pretty good spot. He's scoring well. He's in the playoff hunt right now. He'd be in. I think he'd be the four seed. He's got ETN sitting there on his taxi squad. We know he's got a bunch of picks. He's got some moves to make, but does we say it every time, does he want to make the move? I feel like he doesn't. Um, but maybe if he... If he beats Manny this week, maybe he does. Five and three, chips in, ETN off the taxi squad. I don't know what he's waiting for, to be honest, but he can get in the playoffs. I don't know what what the downside is. He's got his own pick anyway. He's got Tim's first rounder. If you beat Tim, you're going to get a lottery pick. So just try and win. Yeah. Mm. It's a fair point. Uh, Obviously, I think he's banking more on, is it the fifth seed that goes off wins and the sixth seed off points? Is that uh, fourth, fourth seed is wins and fifth and sixth is points. Fifth and sixth points. So maybe he's looking for that fourth one there. Who knows? But you're right. These wins are going to affect potentially the picks that he holds. And we'll move on to, uh, well, actually, sorry, we'll, we'll finish with yourself there, mate. And I reckon uh, we'll get your thoughts in a moment. 
But uh, six and one, the uh, yeah, the th- second highest score in the league. I reckon you're going to be pretty happy with where you are, considering how your team has started the year and probably underperforming even at those stats right there. And your notes here, it's been a wild ride down at the grouse with a lot of underperforming big-name players. Two touchdowns combined for JT, Pitts and Godwin. Would have been paying a lot of money at the start of the year to bet on that, and I'm hoping we'll turn around at some point. Biggest problem is well-documented. QB has been a weekly shit show, and, mate, Russ is just the gift that keeps on giving, doing high knees in the aisle of that oh, flight. Man. What a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a oh. fucking idiot. Are, are you more annoyed about the capital you gave up or just that you have a genuine tard on your squad? Yeah, it's I don't I don't like starting him at all. He's just yeah, I don't like anything about him, quite frankly. There's, there, is, <laughs> yeah. there is a bit about that. It was it was alarming when you were the one who acquired him because you did have hatred and still probably do for the Seahawks, but yep. more so when he was there. And now he's just proving to be this fruit loop. I was right all along, Hod. Yeah. <laughs> well, just on him quickly, there is a lot of rumors coming out of Seattle that how much now that the fans didn't actually like him. They loved what he brought to the wins. But it's like it's now coming out how how fanatical they are about Gino and getting behind him, whereas before they got around Russ's success rather than the player or the or the man. I'd say that might be accurate for a small percentage, but I reckon the large are just jumping on the old fucking bandwagon there. Easy, easy in hindsight, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, no shit. As a player, anyway, no, yeah. Anyway, um, look, nothing, nothing much. Just team. outside looking in at your team, a lot of injuries that you're dealing with, a lot of underperforming players that you paid up to get. Kyle Pitts probably is a standout there. Uh, it was one that Hot and I highlighted, I think, earlier that um, you know all the talk around lesser quarterbacks and how that's going to affect certain players, but there wasn't a lot of talk about how much having Mariota as his quarterback was going to affect him. And this isn't a reverse Moz. That won't be changing. They are committed to running the ball. It yeah. is so frustrating. It's weird. Even when um, Patterson goes down, they're still committed to running. Yeah. It's just... he's, to be honest, he's really hard to start, um, and I feel like I have to. I don't have a lot else anyway, but he is a tough start at the moment. They're, they threw the ball 13 times last week, and they were down by 20 points most of the game. It's, um, it's not a great position. Just, yeah, extraordinary. Anyway, um, let's move on. Yep, uh, let's go. Let's move to the Bo Callahan division, and that uh, is being held up by the Bayside Eliminators sitting at 2-5 and five with a score of 668. Uh, and his thoughts here is, depends on the week. Most weeks, though, I vision my team in a bus with me driving them off a cliff. So <laughs> he's, he's in high spirits. It's, uh, it's good to hear that Scoot's up and about. It is- uh, before, before we go on, have a, have a look at this division. It is strong. It is a strong. Don't worry about the wins and losses. The points for is strong. Um, clearly, I think the number one division in the EDL. I'm not sure about World Sport Hod, but uh, Benny, Manny, and Jake, she whiz. Are they? Uh, they're flying. Yeah, they're. Uh, Manny is. I mean, like you said, ignore the wins. We'll get to it. But yeah, he is the third team here um, at two and five with the third highest score in the league at 952. That's. You have to think that's going to correct itself, but uh, fortunately for him, uh, two of those playoff spots are leaning or more advantageous to teams that score well, so I don't think he's too stressed about playoffs at the moment. Just just on him, I was looking before at that, uh, that site there we get some information on expected wins, 
Yep. Manny is Manny is two and five. He is minus two point nine expected wins already through seven weeks. He should have three more wins than he does after seven weeks. Yeah. It's incredible. Pretty ridiculous. Um, we'll say with Scoot, like obviously his team has shown some, uh, you know, some up and down scoring this year. He's managed to get two wins to his name, which for the lesser teams is not an easy thing to do. Um, where do we think Scoot's list is at? I know because we moved on to manage just then, but where are we getting a sense of where his list is at right now? Well, he's made a few moves over the last couple of weeks that have sort of been counterproductive and then productive towards um, trying to trying to move on. Clearly, the the, the trade the trade he did well. He, yeah, the trade he did with me before for all the second round picks. I don't mind that. Just having a lot of stabs in the dark. Yep, not the dark. Just stabs at the the um the board in that second round. I think. Through two years of doing this, we've shown there's been some quality players in the second round in both drafts. Yeah. Um, and Ohod, you agree sort of with that, just having multiple first and second round picks and just having a go at it. Um, and splitting that first round pick into effectively four or five second round picks isn't a bad strategy. I think as well when we saw in our first rookie draft when you got a lot of top-end quarterbacks, how much that pushes positional talent as well into the second round. Uh, we didn't see as much of it last year because there was only one first-round NFL quarterback, but uh, I reckon we could be seeing it again with this upcoming rookie draft. The only thing I would say on that is looking at his roster, giving away a first-round pick and the opportunity to maybe get a QB is an interesting move. He's got... So Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, James Winston, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky as his five QBs. None of them, I think, will start next hey, year. Don't forget the, Brett Rippian and uh, Sam Howell, mate. Don't forget. Well, about Sam Howell's maybe a chance, but there's not too many um, active QB ones there. I don't think. No. Well, this this would be a very uh, intriguing time if Scoot approached Matt and offered some seconds to move up and play that guessing game of where he thinks sides will finish and taking a gamble on which first to get off Matt. Uh, that that could be a fun game but if uh, if he'd be willing to do so. Is he not just doing a DFF move there and, and trading out of the first to then trade back into the first? A little bit. What what did he what did he I've I've missed that. What's the first pick he got rid of? A twenty three first. Jake's yeah. For how many seconds? About five, was it? Five, but there was Over a two bit years. more coming my way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, uh, the, uh, yes, I can concur. The second round is a lovely little spot to stack some picks. Yep. It sure is. Well, we'll move into a bit of uh, analysis on Manny's team. Clearly scoring well. Um, you know, we have mentioned running back for his team has always been a position of conjecture. Obviously, Miles Sanders... Uh, having a very nice season off, you know, not a heavy workload, but he's uh, producing very nicely. He's sitting as the running back 14, just outside of running back one. And Kenneth Walker's got to be the massive upside play. Looked like someone who wasn't really going to see a lot of action in his rookie year, but the penny injury has just forced him into action, and he has been unbelievable since he's got that starting gig, 14, 18, 28. He's just getting stronger, playing in more snaps um, every week. What are you laughing at, Keeney? I'm just reading. I'm reading Manny's uh, response, which well, I think we need to jump get to into here. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to um, we'll get to where Manny's feeling uh, like his squad is at halfway through the season. 
Um, he sort of says here his strategy had to change from the preseason when it became immediately clear that he couldn't finish outside the finals because he's scoring so well, as we've talked about, and because there's so many other shit teams in this league, he says. Um, as such, his squad's around the third to fourth range with an opportunity of pulling the trigger to address further weaknesses later in the season. He's putting that on the agenda. I like that. Um, what I was getting a good chuckle is chuckle at was uh, his next comment, which was his other thought about uh, the season so far. He said, look, during a recent conversation with my mother, we turned our attention to the topic of some of the biggest failures in world sport history. Obviously, the failed experiments of the university and St Kilda football clubs came up, as did the Sonny Weaver Junior Division. He can't help but throw that in there. And Keeney's failure to win the 2021 Empire Ring. But as we drilled down, it soon became clear that perhaps the biggest failure of all time was that the other 11 franchise franchise owners in this league left Geno Smith on the wave wire for 12 long months. For shame, but don't worry, this story has a happy ending. The haircuts brought him home, and the rest, ladies and gentlemen, is history. Very, very good. Very well said. I'll uh, I'll start with the positive there. I I am lucky enough to be experiencing the Geno uh, journey in another league, and it is quite fun. As I said, the Seahawks love him, and so does Manny, obviously. But what what's this talk at the start when he... He's talking about the preseason, and he knew then that his total points were going to be more than everyone. Like, I know he's a clever man, but is that not a hindsight look? No, 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 no. He can see. He can see this sort of stuff. He can see into the future. He, okay, good. Well, part of his work is projections. He's he's very good with all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, so he knew this would be the case, and, and he clearly built his team accordingly. So, well done to him. Let's uh let's go to second spot in the Bo Callahan division, which is OJ's legal team at four and three, just on a three game winning streak, mind you. They were sitting at one and three. I think this is what Manny is hoping for, a bit of a turnaround. And I think their fourth overall in scoring uh is fourth or fifth, somewhere in that vein at eight sixty one. Look, Jake uh when asked where he thinks his team's at, he said right where I thought they'd be. Um yeah, and other thoughts that he's added here is it's been really great that Ben's team has had a clean bill of health for the year. Nothing can stop him now. I think he's just doubling down on his lack of depth comment uh, from this preseason, Hod. <laughs> he's not alone, Ben. I'm hearing this from a few, just how kissed on the dick you've been this year. Um, but, I mean, that's it's pretty common. The teams up the top uh, generally have minimal injuries and are allowed to for their best players to flourish and I, I don't I don't see that being um, it's I know it's a pain in a lot of people's asses but I, I don't see that as uh, the way he might yeah just uh, it swings both ways uh, most years some years you yes. get your cop shocking injuries and situations and some years you you find a way out um, yeah I haven't copped anything ultra bad at this point and uh, things working in my favor in some aspects, but it also means that, you know, it's not like I'm sitting still. I'm clearly trying to build my list and shape it for the off season as well. So, you know, quite frankly, Jake, I don't give a fuck where you think my list is at, mate. I'm three (laughs) wins ahead of you and that's all I I care about. I think the league is just working out very nicely that you throw a little jab against the host and he generally... Bites back. Ah, no, no, no. Don't know what you're talking about. Um, a bit of Mundy for dinner. <laughs> Keeney, uh, yeah, I mean, you must be feeling the same way. You think that my list has, uh, hasn't seen any adversity so far this year? 
It hasn't. Um, I mean, you might this week with Debo. It might be your first injury. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it, regression is real for mine. So, who knows? You might cop a few injuries later on. But uh, it, all, it all swings around. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's fair to say. And that probably means he's explaining why I am sitting undefeated at the moment, 7-0, and with the highest score of 1,116. Ooh. So it is oh, proving that my scoring is not dropping week on week. And you're right, I haven't copped any injuries. That's working around bye weeks, though, as well. But, I mean, you mentioned working things around, and it's eerily similar that you might lose Debo, Matt's lost Chase, but you've got the wide receiver twos on that same team. So a little bit of a bump for um, another player of yours anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I might not have the same level of depth as Keeney, but I feel like I've got some strategic depth and part of getting, you know, Tom Brady and things like that in is giving me more flexibility um, for these sort of situations. Well, you've got, uh, you've got, if you want to combine our eight QBs, you've got the top four. So that's where you, you'll get me. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, and let's finish with the greatest division in the world of history of sports or whatever the fuck you keep saying every week. And that's the Sonny Weaver Junior Division, Hod. Uh, and we have been starting with the teams holding up the division and that's yourself. So Hod, give us uh, at 0-7, give us some of your insights on your team. Owen, the word of the day. Now, I am similar to Jake, where I expected to be. Uh, obviously a bottom tier team. Uh, going along with my strategy and accumulating some more draft assets as I go. But as I said, this is the week. This is the one that I want to be on the winner's side against Papa. This is one of the biggest barnstormers for lack of wins you'll ever see. I know Papa's excited. He's amped me up. As I said, watch the waiver wire. It would be fitting if I can get some bench stashes from this waiver wire that Manny talks about. Maybe there's people that are, uh, maybe there's players that people have left on there too long and they can spark up this week against the Punishers. Speaking of Owen, you actually have a very nice draft hand going into the end of this year as well, Hod. You got your own first, you got Steph's first. It's a nice little uh, mm. little Dublay. That's it. Yeah, a little Dublay you got there going into the 2023 draft, which is. Uh, very highly rated and could be used on a number of different uh, types of players. Or you could do what you did uh, last year, mate, and just move back and accumulate a few more. Well, this will be the interesting thing, Keeney, is the quarterback position Ooh, in yeah. my unique way being a bottom-feeding team, but that's the position I've probably got locked up mm. um, for a little while. So... It is going to be interesting if I can get two lottery picks, whatever we call that, in the top three, four, um, and having four or five quarterbacks there. It will be interesting to see some of the quarterback needy teams and seeing what they do there. But enough of myself. Let's move up the best division in world sport and the DFF strikes again. Sitting at three and four with... uh... Points four of 726. He's probably performing unders on his uh, bet at the start of the year of over seven and a half wins. I think Keeney and myself are sitting pretty happy here looking at how his uh, how his record is shaping up and it's sort of how we expected it to go. Uh, he didn't grace us with any thoughts, um, probably because that's fitting of how many thoughts run through the man's brain on a daily basis. But uh, he's 
He's copped probably his biggest uh, setback, and that was Brees Hall going down. And I think that he'd have to say that he is surely not travelling to the standard he thought he was at the start of the year. And I guess you could throw um, old Cam Akers into the mix on that one too. Yeah, I think he's had uh, quite a lot go wrong. To be to be frank, to Steph, oh, he's as I we said, he's three and four. He's three and four. He um he's knocked off sort of the three lower teams in in the in the league so far. But yeah, Brees Hall, Trey Lance, throwing Acres, throwing DeAndre Swift as well, I reckon. Swift is the one. Yeah. A lot of time and has looked dynamic. Um, Sam Darnold's now the third stringer in Carolina, which is good to see. Your boy Cole Komet, the next Gronkowski, hasn't really panned out as well. So um, yeah, he's had a bit of misfortune, I reckon, this year. Even someone like Damian Harris, who now, for mine, sits well and truly behind Stephenson. Yep. He's gone from having a pretty deep running back room to either injured or playing second fiddle, um, and his depth is really starting to get challenged. So it'll be another year where I think um, it'll sort of be focusing on next year for the DFF, and, and maybe he can double those wins again for next year. I will say probably his one uh, shining light, I guess you could say the Dunavay uh, stepping up this week, but uh, I reckon Clyde has probably been his one sort of shining light in his team. Looked like he was a bit down and out last year, and uh, he's he's shown glimpses, but not off a high snap percentage, but I guess he's just showing usage, which wasn't uh, seen as much last year. I think, um, you know, we talked about your squad, Ben. I, I hate to say it, but... And and I, I only say I hate to say it because if if it wasn't the DFF we're talking about here and we just looked at the squad and the list, we'd probably have a lot of remorse. But because it is the man that we know, we don't. And he does a lot of that damage himself with the way he handles himself. But th- that is a significant list of quality players, especially Trey Lance at the position. I know he's got Jimmy G, which helps soften that, but that's still... Who knows what he could have been. And then that running back room, DeAndre Swift and Brees Hall are arguably two top five dynasty players yep. moving forward who he now doesn't have and hasn't had Swift for a lot of it uh, mixed in with those other injuries Kenny talked about. It's He's still scoring above 100 a week and with all of those players missing. It will be promised land next year. We're going to hear about it all again, boys. Don't well, worry about that. The, the best part is that he's still winning. Because even when he's losing, he's winning because it's all about next year now. So, uh, yeah, let's move to... Great great place to be. It is. The second placed team in the Sunny Weaver Junior Division is the San Diego Demons at four and three, sitting with uh, pretty low points for it's just under 800, 794. Uh, And this team surely is uh, under-delivering on what people thought they might be when they shaped their list at the start of the season. So he said, thought I'd be 7-0 and at this stage, so well below expectations. Other thoughts is, uh, he says, it's a marathon, not a sprint, so see you all at the business end of the season. He's not he's not down and out, guys. He's still got high hopes. Well, he does, and because he, he's a mover and a shaker, and he, he knows that he can make some moves. He's got moves to make. He's always actively looking at his squad. He's looking to get as uh, get better and improve as much as he can. Um, I still think he believes that he can win this division and make some noise in the playoffs, which is a good attitude to have. Interestingly, he was voted the highest underperforming team within the league. I know Ben sent out that form this week. I think a lot of people agree that um, we went into the season thinking Camo's a, a real chance to maybe be a, a, a bye week team, a one or two seed here. Um it hasn't panned out for him. He's had a bit of bad luck with his roster, but um, I think he'll I think he'll make it. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's got plenty of upside. He did talk about. We'll just quickly shout out that Jim City Stallions was uh, listed as the most overperforming team in that poll, and uh, the haircuts as the most likely to Stephen Bradbury, which I reckon we kind of alluded to as well. And that is the overperforming team is the Jim City Stallions sitting at five and two, top of this division, eight hundred and forty nine points four, um, and he's he's a very chirpy version of the man that we're hearing in the league this year. And he said, imagine my team is like a $1.90 favorite where the jockey posts its six wide, no cover, coming around the bend. My starting team is good enough to compete with anyone, but my depth is nothing to be desired. A few injuries and a poor and poor performances exposes my team a bit. And I got the first half of the divisional wins banked. And we all know that uh, come playoff time, all you need is a bit of luck if I make it. I like it. It's uh, he's he's bang on the money. Just get in there, Jimmer, and and you'll create some noise. Um, interestingly enough, saying his poor performances has exposed his lack of depth. Well, he's made a move, and he's got a bit of depth in this week. So he's addressing his team, and um, he another one that uh, thinks they can get in and make some noise. I like it. Now, you boys know I love this division, and I love where Jim's come from. This is just a a very accurate. Description of where he's at. He knows exactly where he's at, and that is why he's gone and made the moves. I love seeing that. He was 5-0. and He's had two down weeks, and he's gone, you know what? I'm in this year. I'm going to make some moves. We talked about that trade earlier. I really like it for both teams, and he's active. We love an active gym. No more sleep-ins. We do. Uh, I do like that uh, he was spitting excuses for putting up a lowly 70 or whatever he put up last week. He said, oh, well, you faced my B team. He was missing Hertz and Cup and not a lot not outside else. of that. So, good thing you're facing my B team this week, Jim, um, Oof, with Mahomes sitting on the fire. bench and Kelsey. So, I think that's my B team, according to Jim. So, uh yeah, we will see how this shapes out for Jim. He's been a bit up and down. He's definitely dropped off, and I, and I know we're going to sort of wrap this up quickly, but just uh, some parallels to the Punishers last year mm. is sort of what's bringing to mind. Started like a house on fire, dropping 170s and 190s, and uh, started unbelievable, but the second half of the season was uh, a bit less to be desired. So hopefully Jim bucks that trend and manages to turn it around. All right, and we have uh, gone a little bit over our exit time here that we had planned, and we had a little bit more, which will carry into next week's pod, I believe. But there's just a quick snapshot of where the league is at right now, and I think exciting times, uh, if that's what the first seven weeks have been, I'm excited for the next seven. Absolutely. Thanks to everyone for um, getting back to us with their feedback on how the year's going. We love it. Um, as Ben mentioned, there was some other stuff that we didn't quite get to, but uh, we will endeavour to do so shortly. Boys, it's it's heating up. It's a pretty even comp, I reckon. It's anyone's to win um, this year, apart from maybe yourself, Hod. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's shaping up very nicely. Over to you, mate. Oh, I loved hearing that. A pretty even comp. I'll take that every day. But yes, we're in a good spot. The league is thriving. It's active. This podcast is going places. We are talking NFL trades into happening. Our listeners are growing state by state every week. And we will continue this mid-year review next week. I look forward to it, boys. Podcast over and out. <laughs>